the Power Pack Morning Zoo. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest radio show ever. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. He's a very successful writer. Vince Murata. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. Sarah Gazelle. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos. And Jerry Carlin. You know funny, uh... Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Good morning. Happy Friday, Valley sports fans. Together, we have made it. To the end of another week. As Sarah said, it's Friday, y'all. Not just Friday. Friday, y'all. It's Friday, you humps. Friday, y'all. <laughs> the Friday before a three-day weekend for yeah. many people, too. That is true. Uh, three-day uh, weekend for us. So uh, so my phone died yesterday at the end of a, of a great day on the golf course for the, uh, the final four kind of golf invitational yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was part of a great group, John Nissen, as you know very, very well, our two bosses, Ryan Hatch, Scott Sutherland, and the group right in front of us. Who's right there in the group right in front of us? Ray Anderson! Really? Yes! Who? And I wanted to say, Ray, listen, if a golf ball mistakenly gets in the group, if we, if, if, if we mistakenly kind of hit into your group, it's not me, man. It's all good. It's not me. Where'd you guys play? Somewhere in Tempe? No. 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 The Phoenician, baby. The ah, Phoenician. Yeah. And and we. I just found out we took third place. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 Bronze medal. Yeah. So who was the best between you and our two bosses? Uh, uh, our two bosses were, were very, very good. Scott Sutherland's got a brand new driver. He was beating the tar out of the ball. And Ryan Hatch happens to be a very, very good golfer. So wow. so together it worked out really good, man. I, I, I didn't even know I got swag coming my way today. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Third Ray place Anderson. finish. Ray Anderson, I guess literally irreplaceable. <laughs> he's part of the final so, four committee, Jarrett. So far. He might not be the athletic director anymore, oh, he's, he's part of the final. Job. Yeah, yeah. You know, those committees get formed years ago. You know, they do. Years ago. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. You want an ASU business professor on your final four committee. Hey, how many days has it been, by the way? It's been a while. Mm, good question. Don't know. BRB. Ne- next week is Newsmakers Week. We that is true. The, we can get to the That is true. Moment. Yeah, that is very, very true. Anybody else got anything going on? That no? was mid-November. Jared's wearing an Indianapolis Colts shirt today. I'm wearing a Cowboys shirt. Jared's wearing something. No, I, I think I, that this uh, this definitely requires a social media post. It looks that looks oh, like maybe, it's from yeah. the Howdy Doody collection. <laughs> well, Vince, we want followers on Instagram it looks, and Twitter. It looks like a, an Indianapolis Colts shirt, but it could it's predates the Indianapolis Colts, so it couldn't be that. It would be a Baltimore Colts If anything, Colts it shirt. would be a Baltimore Colts shirt, but I think it's just it, it just has the cowboy symbolism of a horseshoe that looks like the the same thing they use. I'll bet you Jim Mercy would buy that from you. Oh really? Well, you got his number? No. I could use a no. little extra scratch, a little extra cheddar. <laughs> some Sounds like Jim has got some other stuff going yeah, on these right, days. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. All right. Okay, good. Friday's here. Start the show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Most of the Phoenix Suns are on a break for the All-Star Game, but not all of them. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker will be in Indianapolis this weekend for the festivities for Durant, his 14th All-Star appearance, second as a member of the Suns. He didn't play in last year's game. He had yet to make his Suns debut due to a knee injury. For Booker, his fourth All-Star appearance in the last five seasons. They will both suit up for the Western Conference conference team as the league has dropped the silly player draft format it had featured the last six years. Tonight will be the Ruffles All-Star Celebrity Game. That's where Natasha Cloud of the Mercury is playing, right? Yes. First time repping the Mercury in that game. Panini Rising Stars game is tonight. All-Star Saturday includes the HBCU Classic featuring Chris Paul's alma mater, Winston-Salem State, then Virginia Union. Uh, the Kia Skills Challenge, the three-point contest. I'm really curious about this Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah, yeah, contest. I think it's yo, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's that's going to be a good. Thing Might be the forward. highlight of the weekend with Max McClung. Uh, and how, how does that work, by the way? What are, are they using different balls and yes. three-point lines and stuff? Yes. Okay. Uh, the game itself, Sunday, Arizona time, uh, six o'clock Arizona time from Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Last night in the NBA, only three games on tap. The Memphis Grizzlies surprised Milwaukee 113-110. A game uh, afterwards, Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Bucks, said some of our guys were in Cabo. It seems like they've been in Cabo since you took over, Doc. Uh, Golden State outlasted Utah 140-137. Clay Thompson came off the bench for the first time since his rookie season. And, oh, by the way, dropped 35 points. And Minnesota routed Portland 128-91. Anthony Edwards had 37. The Timberwolves 39-16, and best record in the Western Conference at the break. Free agent Danilo Gallinari reportedly finalizing a deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. According to reports, the veteran has played with Washington and Detroit this season. Imagine his perspective. Mm. We want to know what the worst team is? Danilo Gallinari can answer that. He played on both of those crap teams. Coyotes in action tonight hosting the Carolina Hurricanes at Mullet Arena. Yotes trying to snap a seven-game losing streak. Carolina comes in with 65 points, tied for second best in the Metropolitan Division, but they did lose their last time out Tuesday night in Dallas. 7 o'clock face-off. You can hear it on Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app beginning with pregame coverage at 6.30. D-backs continuing their spring training workouts at Salt River Fields today, a week away from the Cactus League opener next Friday. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred told reporters on Thursday he's retiring at the end of his contract. It's very interesting. Which expires in 2029. Sorry if I got your hopes up there. (laughs) No, listen. Look, look, I'm good with Rob Manfred right now. He brought the pitch clock to Major League Baseball. He and I are cool. Yeah, but he's got, I mean, it's 2024. He's got five years to sully that that development. Uh, NFL, the Chicago Bears released a couple of veterans. Two-time Pro Bowl safety Eddie Jackson, veteran offensive lineman Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair. Both let go by the team. Moves that will save them $21.5 million on the salary cap. Former Cardinals QB David Blau. Pause for Jarrett joke. Like cow. Yeah, like cow. Like cow. Announced his retirement. He'll join the Commanders as their assistant quarterbacks coach. The reunion with Cliff Kingsbury, offensive coordinator. College basketball on tap this weekend down in Tucson. Tomorrow night, the fifth-ranked Wildcats host Arizona State at McHale Center in their first meeting of the season. The uh, two teams. 
teams will see each other twice in the next 11 days. They met three times last year. Cats won two of them, but remember the one at ASU won. Final 2.9 seconds. Inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. Oh! He made it! He made it! He made it! He made it! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it. Yes, I'm Since clean. when do we play sound in the splash? I'm, Come on. I'm starting it. It's it's my segment. I'll do what I Jared, want. Damn it. He needs it. I, I need it. I can cling to it. Uh, that game uh, gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 on Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. GCU won again. They rolled past Utah Tech 73-61. The Lopes now 23-2 and on the season. They host Lopes Cal Baptist up. tomorrow night. In women's basketball, Caitlin Clark did this. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? Figured I'd play that for you since it was on Peacock and nobody saw it. Uh, but Caitlin Clark, that bucket made her the all-time leading scorer in NCAA women's basketball history. Then she scored 41 more as uh, Iowa beat Michigan 106-89. Clark beat Kelsey Plum's uh, record. She was at Washington, now has 3,569 career points. And yes, Cheryl Swoops, she did it in just her fourth season of competition. And actually in 13 games less than Kelsey Plum. Mm. And Tiger Woods playing at his first competitive tournament in a while. What do you know? Battling injury through the first round. Back spasms uh, at the Genesis Invitational. Shot a 1 over 72. Finds himself near the Uh, bottom of the leaderboard heading into Friday. Tiger Woods uh, likely has never been more relatable to your general American public (laughs) golfer. Uh, Early in the round, footage caught him bending down and putting a big chunk of dip, chewing tobacco. In his lip. I thought the relatable and, part would be bending down and grunting like well, I do. Well, so so that was part one, and people were like, hey, look, he's just like us. And then he uh, shanked the ball really ridiculously uh, on the 18th hole. Yeah. Patrick, it was a shot that any of us could duplicate. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay, 7 under 64. He's the first-round leader. One stroke better than a group of golfers. Jordan Spieth, just two strokes back. By the way, Tiger will tee off today at 12.54 in a group with Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. There's your splash for Friday, February 16th. Yes, we made it. Coming up next, a closer look at the Phoenix Suns at the break and where they're going. Bickley Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Wolf. There's a chance the Arizona Cardinals take the first wide receiver of the 2024 NFL Draft. Does history tell us that's a good idea? We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. You know, I mean, I think we're, we're finding a, a good rhythm. We're catching a good rhythm, but we know how good the West is. I mean, we, we really have to uh, push the envelope to uh, excel in all areas that we can and really focus on the details and the work post-break. So, um, you know, we're excited to, uh, you know, to take a little breather here and, uh, you know, watch our two guys in that game on Sunday. And um, when we get out of the break, hopefully we can uh, we can start with a, a few W's. we got three and four right out of the gates, you know, with the Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, schedule they gave us. Frank Vogel, head coach of the Suns, after wrapping up the first half of the season, at least the pre-All-Star break portion of the season. The other night in a win over the uh, Detroit Pistons. Suns 11 games over 500 at the break. And if you look at you know his his comments, Bick, about, hey, the West is, is really strong. He ain't lying. Yeah. Uh, the Suns last year were the four seed with 45 wins. <laughs> 
45 wins ain't going to get you the four seed this no, year. No, that's true. For, uh, 45 that's wins might not no. get you into the play-in this mm-hmm. year. That's how competitive the West that's, is. Yeah, you know, it's a good point. It's it, it's definitely going to be a very, very interesting finish. There is no doubt about that. We've talked about uh, the, the apparent degree of difficulty with the Suns schedule, the winning percentage of teams post-All-Star break that they have to face. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge for them. But, but I would suggest that anybody caught up in these eight to nine slots in the Western Conference, it's going to be true for all of them because there is there is not a whole lot of separation um when you look at these teams with your eyes you know what i mean you you look at the lakers and you look at the warriors and you wonder okay what what, what exactly are they going to do in the second half of the season you, you take a look at some of the uh, look it, it's really going to be it's going to be fascinating exactly to see how this whole thing shakes out uh, there's a lot of people who've looked at seedings and and they've noted that it's 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 hard to win an nba championship if you're a four seed or a five seed i believe a six seed has done it before uh-huh. I, i'm not sure that's really even relevant anymore to be honest honest with you. Um, I really don't. I tend to agree with, with that thinking. The seeding is is different. At least the way we view seeding and, and the importance of seeding, mm-hmm. I think, is different. There was a time where home court advantage was nearly infallible in the NBA. It's not the case anymore. No. No. Because you know arenas used to be so unique. And now everything is pretty much uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. You know, the only thing that changes is the color of the keys on the floor. Basically, the rims kind are of, the same. Yeah, the, you know, kind all, of. All the all the arenas are, yeah. are very similar. So I, I I tend to agree with that. But also the way that I look at the West right now, there's 15 teams total in the conference, and I think at this point, you can I can only comfortably say four teams are not really involved in this. So that leaves eleven spot, eleven teams for ten spots. Mm-hmm. Houston is twenty four and thirty right now in the twelfth spot, and they're a game behind Utah. But I don't, I don't think the Rockets are quite ready. Uh, Memphis has had a just a nightmare season in terms of injuries. <laughs> Portland is terrible, and and the Spurs are are young. And I'm not even sure, like Utah, you don't know what you're going to get from Utah. This might be just 10 teams jockeying for the 10 positions. Yeah, I I, th- I think Utah has shot their shot. I don't, I don't think they're going to be a second-half factor. But that just, that's my take on it. Um, but but I do think the, the race around the top is going to be very, very interesting because we know the Lakers were the play-in tournament champion. I would say if you're going to crown a team for the, the, the first half, if you will, even though we're well past the, the halfway point, I, I, I'd have a hard time not voting the Clippers as the team that ha- has surprised the most, maybe, that that in the West really kind of has something that a lot of people thought they weren't going to have. Yeah. And, and the way that they ended it all with that victory uh, the other night over the Warriors, it, it's uh, you, you wonder if it's their year. That, that's what they're wondering. Is this finally going to be our year? Now, I, I, I wouldn't, if I was going to give the same quote-unquote award that you just did, mm-hmm. I'd give it to Minnesota. They've got the best record. I know. They're a year removed from making what many people thought was the worst trade ever to bring in Rudy Gobert. Now, I'm still not, a, not winning I'm a playoff I'm not a series. Timberwolves, not even a playoff series. They're not series. winning a playoff wow. series. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be done in the first round. You watch. That's interesting. That's but what I, I believe. It, you know, I have no trust. We are in talking that. about regular season, and I think they've been they've been a, a pleasant well, surprise. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. No doubt. And the Suns have a couple games. What's interesting is that the Suns have got two games each. If I read this correctly, against the Celtics, the T Wolves, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. Yes. They've also got a back to back and the Thunder. A, 
And the Thunder. Mm-hmm. They've also got a back-to-back against the Spurs in San Antonio, which is odd because they did a back-to-back in Phoenix earlier this year. And we know how I've that never went. seen that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be the same way this time around. I hope not. I mean, the, <laughs> the Spurs uh-huh. won those back-to-back games, and they've only won nine other games all oh, year. No boy. Oh. Boy. <laughs> oh. Uh, Kevin Durant reflected on the first half of the season and uh, where the team is right now at this point of the year. Yeah, I like the our togetherness has grown, you know, being more of a unit. Um, guys understanding their roles and what they bring to the team. I think around this time when you start to figure that out, that's always good. I like how, where our record is, being 11 games over 500. So that's a good, that's a good milestone to have going to the break and for the most part everybody's healthy you know so uh, Brad got a couple tweaks and hopefully he can get back right after all-star break uh, but I like how consistently we play games together the last month or so and that's only going to be for us going forward yeah the Bradley Beal question remains we'll see if he's ready to go it'll be next Thursday night when the Suns are back on the court in Dallas apparently he did he did is choosing to get his nose fixed over the break too well, that's good. I so, mean, it doesn't... It's getting fixed, but that doesn't mean he's not going to have the mask on. I mean, you still yeah, have to, you, you still you have have to protect, protect it. it. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But, you know, he needed to have that done, so that's good. Uh, the other thing that's different now, and, the, and we've seen it for three games, is Royce O'Neal has really mm-hmm. made a mark mm-hmm. in his first three games as a son uh, and got this uh, praise from Frank Vogel the other yeah, day. Obviously, Royce O'Neal has been a huge addition for us. He played another terrific game tonight, does all the little things. Like, he really excels at the little things, you know, and um, is a great talker. We feel uh, his physicality out there, and... Uh, um, I mean, he was a plus 37 tonight, you know, so you know, seeing him uh, play, just, just getting him uh, incorporated with our, our core guys is a, a big part of what we're looking at post-break. Yeah. Plus 37 in a game that ended up the Suns plus 16. So that's a 21-point difference. Yeah. He was impactful mm-hmm. while he was yeah. on the floor. No, his, he, he's off to a great start. In terms of uh, of of checking a box the Suns need, it, it looks like that this guy might be as good of a fit as we all imagined when we talked about him before the trade deadline. Yeah. So, listen, I, I don't know if somebody asked you what is the Suns' identity, I don't know if you could even answer that question right now. I, I, I think we're beginning to see it form. Yes. But I, I, I don't know if you could actually verbalize what it is. Because we're again, we're still now in an integration kind of phase with Royce O'Neal and then the Thaddeus Young piece. Clearly, um, what we have seen from this basketball team when they shoot three point shots and when they get on that offensive role, mm-hmm. they could be lethal. Right, and I think that's the closest but, thing they have to an identity right now. I know, I know, but it, it's it really seems to me like you have to have something kind of tangible when you do get into these best of series, and and that's the hope. That the hope is that the Suns improve as much from trade deadline to, to the playoffs as they did from Christmas to Valentine's Day. Yep. You can uh, subscribe to the Bickley and Murata Show podcast right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, it's been a whole day since Kyle Shanahan did something that he can be criticized for. We'll get into some NFL talk, some more Super Bowl aftermath as it won't go away next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You want the ball from... San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called Tails again. It is Tails. You want the ball? It's ready to take that way. San Francisco received first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They won it.
They want the ball. <laughs> they wanted it. Hey, they wanted it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They wanted it. They can have it. <laughs> Some mic'd up footage from inside the NFL from Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. That was the overtime coin toss. You heard the uh, voice of Kyle Shanahan to start it out and say, Fred, we want the ball, talking to his captain, Fred Warner. There was almost, it almost sounded like after... Fred Warner said, we want to receive that the referee, Bill Vinovich, was going to say, wait, you want the ball? What? <laughs> kind of caught himself, I think. Yeah. No, <laughs> listen, and again, football teams can rally around perceived disrespect and, oh, they think they're going to, yeah, no, listen, this it, things just get keep getting worse and worse and worse for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and it makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. We, we planted this seed earlier in the week. Something to monitor, too early to tell, mm-hmm. to come to a conclusion right now. But this loss, what effect does it have organizationally? Right. We've already seen the waves of criticism coming in on Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Now there's you know people not just ripping the defense and Steve Wilkes losing his job as defensive coordinator. People critical of the offense and how uncharacteristic that offensive attack was. Uh, credit goes to Kansas City on that mm-hmm. side too. This is this is not. Uh, I mean, it's not how you draw it up. It's not how much. you draw it up. No, listen. And so, so there's a couple things that work here. Number one, let, let's talk about the Steve Wilkes firing because mm-hmm. there have been a lot of people who have reacted negatively. Uh, they think it's scapegoatism. Um, if 49er, you'll know because if if this is what this is, if this is Kyle Shanahan looking for a shiny object to get the heat off of him, his and if his players, if his defensive players really believe and like and or love Steve Wilkes, that's going to make the issue worse. I don't know whether that's true or not. When you hear that, when you hear players complaining after the Super Bowl that they did not even prep for a signature play that that the Chiefs have relied on in big games in the past, maybe maybe that is going to be part of the deal. And because what we're talking about here, it's not externally that matters; it's internally. It's will all of this stuff break apart the team the Cardinals are chasing? That's the story here. Yeah. Okay. So it, when it comes to the Steve Wilkes thing, if there's a lot of players on that. Deal, Defense who think it's bull, right? If they think it's boom, if they think it's bad deal, they're you're gonna. This is gonna make that problem even worse, and and they're gonna look at Kyle Shanahan and their respect for Kyle Shanahan is going to diminish even further. And then now you get to that call to see the Chiefs astounded. Not surprised, astounded yeah. that the 49ers took the ball first. That'll tell you something. It does tell you something, uh, and you, you heard it in Patrick Mahomes' voice. You heard it in Travis Kelsey's voice at the mm-hmm. end of that little soundbite from inside the NFL. They they honestly couldn't believe that they won the toss and were taking the ball. There's um we're gonna we we may get into this later. We may not. I'm not sure. But there there's a story that's cooking around the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And there's a documentary being shot about uh-huh. what is going on with them. One of the elements is Tom Brady and the Patriots. You'll remember this. Really puzzled as to why Bill Belichick benched a Super Bowl hero before their Super Bowl against the Eagles. Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Benched. 
Saturday night before a Super Bowl. Nobody had any good reasons why. No, we even talked to Malcolm Butler about it mm-hmm. once upon a time, and he didn't really shed any light on it because no. he didn't ha- he didn't know the reasons either. Right, he didn't have any light to shed. So, but so that is still sticking in the craw of Patriots players. You got in our way of a Super Bowl ring with something stupid, and if the 49ers feel that way about their coach, their head coach, this this team's going to buckle. This team is going to. Uh, collapse, yeah. at least in the short term. On the Wilkes front, here was uh, Shanahan on uh, the the firing of Steve Wilkes as the DC. There's a couple things yesterday that um, wasn't ready to talk about yet because I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. But uh, sleeping on this for a few nights and um, trying to make come up with a few tough decisions. But this morning I um, relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Um, Going to end up making a change here, defensive coordinator. And um, really tough decision because really um, says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach. Um, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, um, looking through it all throughout the year, through these last few days, um, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. And even though it was one I didn't want to make, um, it was something that um, once I realized that I think a different direction is what's best for our organization, uh, then it's something that I have to do. So I uh, let him know this morning, and I know I wasn't able to let you guys know yesterday because I wasn't sure about it yesterday. Um, but I am now, and um, that's the case, and I want to let you guys know firsthand. Yeah, when he mentioned wow. scheme... Wow. And that that's that's in game stuff, and you can point well, at a couple of those those situations that others pointed out from late in that Super Bowl that you know Kyle Shanahan had to burn the timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when they bring the full blitz against Mahomes on uh, Mahomes on third down, and and Tony Romo, who's still very adept at recognizing what's happening or what's going to happen on a play, and in real time says, "Oh no, they shouldn't have done that." <laughs> <laughs> the, right? Okay. Uh, and here's the other thing um, that I had heard, and I don't know whether this is true or not. And if it is, this really needs to be factored into everything. Um, I, I was told that Steve Wilkes, when he got the job, had to inherit D'Amico Ryan's system. Mm-hmm. That's not – you're only asking to be disappointed if you if you ask a player or a, or a coach who, who to, to run somebody else's system – to the same degree that other person did. It's like taking Eddie Van Halen's guitar and giving it to me and saying, make it sound like Eddie. It's not going to happen. I saw this really, You're really. You're like, which Eddie? Yeah, well, right, right. <laughs> exactly. I, but way back in the day, I saw this when, when the Bears lost Buddy Ryan, who was a famous defensive coordinator with the 46 defense, and he rocked the NFL to its core. Uh-huh. He went off to take the Eagles job. They gave the job to Vince Tobin, the late great Vince Tobin. And now you're asking a derivative to run somebody's system. You're asking to be disappointed. Yeah. And so there's any number of examples of, of some of these really intricate blitzes that D'Amico Ryans ran with the 49ers that Steve Wilkes didn't. It's not his system. At least that's what I've heard. And that's crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah, now do they, I mean, all the scuttlebutt coming out of San Francisco is that Brandon Staley is going to be the guy. He's still available. He's still out there. And mm-hmm. say what you will about Brandon Staley as an, uh, a head coach, as a defensive coordinator, he made a mark. That's mm-hmm. why he got a head coaching job so that's quickly. Right. That's right. Do you hire him and say, yeah, we still want to do the, the D'Amico Ryan thing? I, listen, and to your I, earlier point, too, and I haven't monitored everything in yeah. terms of reaction to this firing, but I haven't heard any players come out and say, oh, Steve Wilkes was our, was our guy. Yeah. No, I haven't a lot either. Of, I've heard a I, lot more talk about ill yeah, fit. Yes. 
Yes. Well, again, yes. And then there's one last piece of video out there about the 49ers that is unbelievable. So George Kittle was mic'd up during the game. And on Christian McCaffrey's fumbled, um, George Kittle is blocking George Karloftis of the Chiefs. George on George crime. It was. And at the end of the block, as Christian McCaffrey's fumbling the ball, George Kittle can't see that. He, he looks at him and goes, what's up, George? So he's like... And now Karloftis is looking and he sees the ball. Kittle's just standing there, like, messing with him. And Karloftis dives on the fumble and recovers it. Now, I've seen the video five, six times. I really don't know if you can blame George Kittle for it, but it's another bad look. It's another bad look. That I, I I actually haven't seen that footage. Now I want to see it. I'm curious what you think of it. It can't look good. But that is, anytime you've seen George Kittle mic'd up, that that's just him. That's kind of what he does. Yeah. I know. Right. But the, but the point is, is it, was he doing that because he knew he was mic'd up? It's, when you lose Super Bowls, people ask all these questions. It's, it's yes. the same thing with Travis Kelsey assaulting his head coach. Had they lost that, as you pointed out, it would be a major story. Yes. <laughs> I mean, another the story that we haven't talked about a lot, Steve Wilkes paid for... This loss with his job Mm -hmm. on the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Is the outcome different if one of his most impactful defensive players, Achilles tendon, doesn't roll up like a a, a broken vertical blind (laughs) running onto the field? You take one of your top players out. Oh, my vertical blind. It's broken. (laughs) It's going to affect what you do. Yeah, it's true. Uh, If you subscribe to the Bickley and Murata podcast, subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, D-backs. Lots of optimism early in spring training, but it's not all good news. We'll tell you what the bad part of it is next. Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Gambo. Corbin Carroll started his MLB career with a bang. What are reasonable expectations for him in year two? And how can you avoid the sophomore slump? It's the Burns and Gambo show, two to six on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The only thing that is worth mentioning is Kevin Ginkle is going to just slow play a little bit. There's a little bit of um, I'm going to just say right elbow soreness. soreness, Nothing that's going to be a hindrance to him. It's just a little bit of red flag at this point in time. We don't have to hustle through this. He threw a lot of baseball games for us last year, so we're going to pull him back a little bit and start his clock and start his time a little bit a little bit later than most. Is he free? Um, the exact time? I'm not sure. Probably about a week ago, I would say. He has and everything is fine. That's Tori Lovello with a bit of bad news about... One Kevin Ginkle. Can we get the first one of the baseball no, season? No, no. Do we have to do that this year? Are we going to do that again this year? We are, but not, oh, not now. We'll save it for big moments, positive moments. Okay. Uh, a little soreness in the elbow for the gink. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's the way you treat things like that. The good news there is the imaging came out good. This is just a, hey, let's hit the pause mm-hmm. button. And uh, let Kevin Ginkle find his footing he, on his timeline. He's very, very important to this pitching very staff, as, as we found out last year. He's one of those ir- uh, irreplaceable glue guys who, who comes in with just dripping with attitude. And it's exactly what you need to get through some of these really, really thorny uh, latening deals if you're going to win big baseball games. I was I was amazed any number of times during the postseason. Some of the situations he either inherited or found himself in and just through power of personality got out of it. Yeah. 
You know, it three old counts with bases loaded and just continued to pound the strike zone and get I, I, I was he was one of those guys, there were a lot of them with the Diamondbacks, but he was one of those guys at the front table of guys that you were like, stud, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Couldn't Absolutely. have done this without you. And we definitely saw having a great eighth inning guy is almost as important as having a great ninth inning guy. And when almost. they have both of them. Almost. Yeah. No, you're right. No, because you're, some, you're, I mean, some, like you were just saying, sometimes the biggest moment in the game is getting out of a jam in the yes. eighth inning to yeah. get to that ninth mm-hmm. inning. And he well, was great at that. Well, and, and the other thing is, too, is as, as Tori Lovello has pointed out, uh, Kevin Ginkle, uh, not only it, it wasn't just the eighth inning for him, it was the it was the late inning situation with the cluster of the other team's best hitters. So he never got a break. He never rolled into an eighth inning and then got to face guys seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. And as you alluded to, he has the swagger of a closer. He does. And to have a, a guy he like does. that that can come in in the 7th or 8th mm-hmm. inning is, is great. Yeah. yeah, and he was excellent all season. Mm-hmm. I think he elevated in the postseason. He didn't give up an earned run in the postseason. No. And you're right, the Houdini jobs that he pulled him, you know, found himself uh, in and was able to wiggle out of during the postseason was amazing. Um, and you know what else? Uh, I'll just say this. So, so during the, during this postseason romp, the Diamondbacks had, uh, they were definitely they definitely had an underdog vibe, right? And, and they're beating teams that they're not supposed to beat. They beat the Dodgers. They weren't supposed to beat the Dodgers. Win two games in Philly to close out the NLCS. Come on, it, Kevin Ginkle's attitude was one of those reasons why that baseball team felt like, hey, we got this. We're we, yes, yeah. It, it's because you need guys like that who can stand up emotionally to expectations and, and the specter of the team and the other dugout, yeah. that kind of stuff. No surprise from Tori Lovello yesterday, the news on Dre Jameson. said don't expect to see him. This year he had the Tommy John surgery last year. That stinks, but again, not unexpected. Dre Jameson's got electric stuff, and we saw it uh, in, in small doses at the beginning of last season before that injury, but you know, put him on the, hey, help coming in 2025. Um, Tori Lovello also took time to talk about how he sees the state of the rotation right now, which is bolstered. It's no mystery, and I was able to share that with, with the group, um, the starters, starters group, and I still haven't got to all the starters, some of the younger starters. So, But I'll go on the record as saying, yes, um, we feel very strongly about one through four. And there's a spot open for that fifth guy. And I like that. I like that spirit of competition. I talked a little bit about it yesterday. And it's a real thing. And I don't want anybody to try and be better than they are. You can't fake it through the course of camp. You've got to be yourself. And you got to be consistent. And that's what I'm looking for. Consistency is, is the key word here. How am I repeating my delivery? How am I throwing quality strikes? How am I controlling the at-bat and controlling the zone? That's Those are the things that I'll be looking for for that fifth spot. Yeah, Tori says no mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically one through four are filled Mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll talk to the number four starter in the Diamondbacks rotation Brandon Fott later on today he's going to do this at 745 and and if and I'm sure you noticed that yesterday coming out of camp uh, everybody was talking about Eduardo Rodriguez and just Mm -hmm. the word that was being dropped was nasty yeah here was Lavello on uh, E-Rod as they're calling him just what I remember everything about him is exactly the way it was for me Um, a a great teammate um, an honest an honest caring human being um, and I've loved watching 
matching his bullpens. He's trying to duplicate his delivery, land pitches in certain spots, and he's accepting a lot of coaching. Um, he's here to help us win baseball games, and he's going to do that. Yeah, it was great, great pickup, I think, for mm-hmm. Mike Hazen and the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Tori ended his press conference yesterday telling the story about Umberto Castellanos. Did mm-hmm. you hear that? <laughs> He's telling the story that was get they're getting uh you know work done at physicals and there was a player going through some paperwork waiting to get a physical and Tori's like hey new player I don't know this He's like hey, I am Tori hey I'm Umberto didn't even recognize him because he had fantastic. lost so much weight that's fantastic <laughs> that is great that is fantastic uh, Tori Lavello also uh, sharing what feels different if anything about the clubhouse so far this year I think there is a looseness to this group um, they they understand who they are and they feel comfortable with where their feet are I, that's the sense I'm getting after two days um, there was there was some nervous energy some nervous curiosity last year about like where are we and who are we we have an identity now and I think everybody feels that and I know that there's a timeline here I know we've got six weeks to train and get ready for opening day um, and It'll be up to me and the rest of the staff to push them in the right direction. But for right now, I want them to feel that looseness and, and create that bond and get their feet under them. And then next week, we'll start to get after them a little bit. There's got to be a different feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not the same old 75-win Diamondbacks reporting for spring training duty. They accomplished special things last year. And going back to our conversation yesterday with Merrill Kelly, Beck, he did mm-hmm. not downplay what happened against the Dodgers at all. Mm-hmm. That is very instrumental for, for this for this organization in 2024. Are the Diamondbacks going to beat the Dodgers 13 times this year? No, but they're also not going to cower like they had in, in times past. And, and you remember the conversations we were having midway through last season. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, the Diamondbacks just, they don't even give resistance to the Dodgers a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then you, you do what you did in the playoffs. That can permeate throughout the whole team, and it's not just against the Dodgers. It's against the Phillies. It's against the Braves. Mm-hmm. Because now you've gone up against the best and had success against yeah. them. That does mm-hmm. wonders for a team. Well, listen, it, it, that Dodgers lineup is going to be insane. It's going to be very, yeah. very difficult to get through that baseball team. But, but again, the only way you can is if you've got elite-level pitching, and especially if you factor pressure into a playoff series, take your chances. Yeah. Look, if the Diamondbacks play the Dodgers again, in this postseason, and the exact same situation is true. If they're the division champs and we're the wild card team, it's going to be in their heads. There's going to be a psychological advantage going into that series that you ain't all that. And the Dodgers are going to have to get up and over it. And maybe they, maybe this year they'll have the uh, all the pieces to do it. Maybe. But maybe they won't. Yeah, because that lineup was insane last year yep. too. And I, I think uh, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts combined to have one more hit in that mm-hmm. series than we had. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, coming up next. The situation is, you save your money, you take your family to an NBA game to see your kid's favorite player. That player gets ejected in the first five minutes. Do you have recourse in terms of a refund? Some Suns fans are clamoring for just that. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata morning. Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.